All right, we're back with Matt Dugan. And Matt, um, you know, there's a lot we can talk about here, obviously. And there's a lot of different things that people ask. And I get questions all the time about, okay, I know a lot of people. But uh, one of the things I thought was very interesting was yesterday we actually talked about this. Uh, what's this guy's name? Arnez or whatever his name is here. Um, yesterday we talked about this guy, Arnez Johnson. We, we were talking about this. And it's interesting, this morning you actually retweeted and said, this would never happen under my watch. But Arnez Johnson is the guy. He has been arrested and let out 20 times. It's Friday, he gets arrested for theft, and he was apparently, you know, groping women. In the, uh, so he gets arrested. He gets let out again. On Saturday morning, he gets let out, and then Saturday afternoon, he gets, he gets arrested, in trouble and arrested again. Now, uh, this is, you know... This is like the the stereotype of you, the progressive, ooh, Soros progressive, that this is the kind of thing that you're going to make. Basically, the whole city is going to be overrun with these people because you're not going to want to put anyone in jail. But here you're saying on Twitter that this is not a this is not something that should happen. So I don't want. I'm, I'm going to start with right. saying this. I'm not here to insult you, right. but I did not listen to your show yesterday, <laughs> right. so I didn't know that you were talking about. Oh, no, we this. didn't. That's right? what I'm saying. It's it's fine. I'm just saying it was, we were talking specifically about this, framing it with, you know, this the, the, who the, whoever this is the DA, whoever's the magistrate, whoever's the judges. This is the kind of thing that can't happen. Well, last time I was in here, we t- it, it was it was sh- shortly after I announced the public safety plan for downtown Pittsburgh. Right. And for that plan, we talked about having district attorneys on the ground working with police so we know what arrests are taking place, what charges are being filed. But more importantly, we talked about putting DAs in arraignment court so we can be heard about who gets out of jail and who stays in jail, right? Right. This guy has, what, 20-plus arrests, yeah. you said? Yes. And these arrests all have a consistent theme. He's he's exposing himself to women. He's touching women. He's groping women. This is a dangerous individual. This is this right. is somebody who, who obviously can't stop, allegedly can't stop this behavior. This is where we as a district attorney would have been in the courtroom. We would have been advocating this guy stays. Not a cash bail, not a not a you know a release with conditions, no bail whatsoever. This guy's a danger. Right. He's a danger. He he's proven himself incapable of stopping this behavior. That's what that's what pretrial detention is for. Right. I mean, I think the biggest thing about it is, um, and 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 you and I talked the last time about it. That there are certain people that we can put in diversion programs, but but. There has to be, and I'm assuming you agree, there has to be some limit. If if we, if, if we if you've gotten arrested 15 times and we keep putting you in the diversion program, maybe at some point we have to we have to think about something different. So what we've talked about is when it's safe, when it's appropriate, we can think about handling cases on a different track. This doesn't apply. This guy's not <laughs> safe. It wouldn't be safe. Right. Clearly, right. it would be inappropriate to handle this case any other way than prosecuting it to the, to the fullest extent of the law. Right, and I think that's the thing, and, and and like I said, you know, last week I got into it here. I was telling you, <laughs> I got into it here with one of our favorites, uh, Anthony in Oakland, uh, you know, who comes in every week, and and he was talking about uh, he was at some event with you at Chatham, and he said he heard you say that basically, n- you don't believe anybody should go to jail before they're convicted, which means you. Don't believe that you you believe everybody should be basically get cashless bail regardless of their crime, which I tried to explain. 
I don't think that's what he said. I wasn't there, I but I know what he said when he was sitting here. So can you reiterate your stance on the idea of bail and no cash bail and whom, who should be eligible? This event at Chatham was live streamed. There's got to be a recording <laughs> of it out there. I did not say anything to, the, to, to that extent. I said exactly what I said on this show and what I've been talking about throughout the life of the campaign is, you know, cash bail is an ineffective tool when it comes to protecting public safety. Cash bail is a mechanism for release. It gives dangerous people the opportunity to be released from jail if they're rich enough, right? Right. What I have said is if you pose a risk to public safety, if you are a danger to a specific individual or the community at large, no amount of cash in your bank account is going to make me comfortable that you should be released. So that's not going to be, a, you know, that's not going to be the forefront of our decision. It's going to be public safety. And if you pose a, a risk to public safety, we will advocate that you be held without bond in jail while your case goes through the system. Right. Which is, which is, you know, I think what, I think what people get confused about is when you talk about cashless bail, mm -hmm. you're talking about low level people that don't pose a risk mm -hmm. that we can basically keep out of the jails so that we can keep the jails open for people that should be there, right? I mean, your, your ideas about, you know, people that have low-level drug offenses or things of this such. Um, and the other part of it is, like, even when it comes to shoplifting, what I like about what you've said is you don't think there's, like, some threshold where, okay, it, it, it's a case-by-case -case thing. Shoplifting is a crime. Right. right? It's, it's illegal. You can't go into somebody's business and, 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 and take from them. It, it is clearly against the law, right? Yeah. Um, but we want to know why people are doing that, right? And if you're a repeat offender and you're shoplifting and shoplifting and shoplifting, there's going to be a time when, yeah, you're going to have to sit down for a minute and, and think about your actions down at the Allegheny County Jail. Like, that's going to be appropriate. We're going to prosecute crimes, right? right. If you break the law, we're going to arrest you. We're going to prosecute you. But what else we're going to do is we're going to think about the core drivers that, that drive people into the criminal justice system, right? right? If your issues are substance abuse issues, we want to have the ability to connect you to services so you can get the help that you need, right? And if you take advantage of that and you're successful and you are a low-level nonviolent offender and it's safe and it's appropriate, we can think about different types of dispositions. But if you don't fall into that category, we're going to prosecute you. We're going to convict you of crimes. We're going to make sure that the pub public safety is, is, is first and foremost in, in, in our mission. Well, you, you shared with me a, a letter today we want to get into. Uh, we want to talk about, um, and uh, it is one of those things where um, uh, you, you have endorsement or, you know, you have people asking you for, uh, you know, for what your plans are. And, and I think it's pretty good stuff. So uh, we're going to talk about that next. Uh, uh, 866-391-1020 is the number. If you want to call, we'll, we'll get you your phone calls after, uh, after 1230. We'll, in the second half of this hour, we'll let you uh, talk to Matt. Matt, uh, we're here with Matt Dugan. And Matt, there's uh, this, this ad out that uh, basically says you try to silence, uh, try to silence a rape victim. Have you seen that ad? Oh, I've seen, I've seen that false ad. Sure. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I've actually had people reach out and say, well, I have a answer for this. Oh, so, I'd, I'd be happy to answer for this. What, what is that all about? What is that story all about? So first and foremost, I wasn't involved in, in this matter at all. A lawyer who worked for me at the public defender's office was also part of a statewide um, appellate group. That group, independent from the public defender's office, filed an amicus brief in the Bill Cosby case. It had nothing to do with the victim's testimony. 
it had nothing to do to try to prevent testimony because the testimony had occurred years earlier. Mm-hmm. It was on an unrelated evidentiary ruling in the case. I didn't write the brief. I didn't sign the brief. <laughs> I didn't file the brief. I had nothing to do with it. So it is a completely false, completely misleading ad. And it just really, in my opinion, it shows desperation. It shows, you know, somebody who is just desperate to do anything and say anything. And if, you know, if he were a lawyer, he would understand how offensive that ad is. Yeah, uh, that's the biggest thing about it. I think a lot of people ask the question, well, how do you go from being an advocate for, you know, a an advocate for criminals to crossing the aisle and now you're going to prosecute them. You're going to be soft on these. That's, that's part of the, you know what I mean? That can be, that's a, that's a question. Uh-huh. That, that's a reasonable question for people to ask. Right. Right. And what I always go back to is ask about my reputation within this criminal um, justice system. Right. Just last week in the post, it just, just last week, there was a letter to the editor. Um, you know, I'm being endorsed by former prosecutors, prosecutors who worked under Steve Zapala and who worked with me as a public defender, and they talk about my integrity and my my work ethic and, and, and the, you know, uh, great and impressive things we were able to do from the public defender's office. But we did so with care and we did so with compassion. Um, you know, I was able to, to build the public defender's office into one of the best offices in the state by bringing in training and support for our lawyers. And that's what we need in the district attorney's office. We need a leader who can go out and partner with other stakeholders in the criminal justice system, who can be a support network and system for our, for our police, not just the city of Pittsburgh, but the other 129 municipalities. So we've talked about, you know, I have, I have vast experience building an office in Allegheny County's criminal justice system, and that's what we need to see happen on the other side. You also, uh, you know, you, the, the, this, this um, letter you shared with me, um, you, you've got... The Black Women's Policy Center, Women's Shelter and Shelter, PAR, uh, all kinds of, you know, Women's Chatham University, Women's Institute, all kinds of women's organizations who are basically talking to you about, you, they want to collaborate with you on the prosecution of, you know, rape and sexual assault and, and policies. And, uh, you know, and you've, you, you have policies that you feel like. Well, so this letter was sent to myself. It was also right. sent to Steve Zapala. Right. And this letter is is pretty blunt mm-hmm. in saying that the current district attorney is underserving uh, victims of intimate partner violence, of sexual assault, and rape. That his office, that his own prosecutor's hands are tied. The 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 police officers feel their hands are tied because of his refusal to prosecute cases of sexual assault and rape. So it is ironic that he that that this this ad that's out there accusing me of 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 heinous actions, which are completely untrue, completely untrue. Yet we have these major organizations calling out for help because their victims are being underserved and not listened to and not respected by the by the current district attorney. Right. And and that's the thing, too. I think the, 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 the victims of those crimes the, the, those they have to be treated which I, which you know you've talked about treating those victims with dignity and taking their claims serious exactly and we you know that that goes all the way back to our campaign launch when we talked about expanding victim services through the district attorney's office doing a better job of of connecting victims to services of acknowledging victims meeting with the victims i, I mean one of one of you know one of the issues that 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 these organizations bring up is that the victims aren't even being communicated to by the district attorney's office. The decision to not prosecute these cases is just is relayed to the advocate, and it's the advocate's responsibility to now 
bring this information to the victim. A victim who's willing to go to court and testify that knows what that struggle is going to be like, an officer who is committed to seeing this case through, and the DA's office is saying, no, we don't want to listen to you. We don't want to take this case to trial. He's Matt Dugan. Uh, 866-391-1020 is the number if you want to call and ask him some questions. We can do that next. Well, we're here with Matt Dugan. And, of course, uh, Matt, you what I, uh, what I always admire about you is you're willing to talk to the people. You know, we've got people that won't even come in and won't even do like a, a short interview. But you're not not only will you come and answer everything I throw at you, you'll answer it from people. Absolutely. Are you ready to do it? All right, let's go, Kevin and Plum. Hi, Kevin. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, Matt, you did answer my question about cashless bail in, in the front end. Um, I'm going to inquire about there is an ad that indicates of a sign on your desk that says expletive deleted the police legitimate or not not legitimate so again you know we were talking about these these ads that have just been false and misleading so here's what happened there was an employee of mine who had that sign in her closed door office when i learned about it i immediately had it taken down and removed that in that in no way is is appropriate for you know that didn't meet my personal standards in any way shape or form not my professional standards in any way shape or form that sign was up with my knowledge for all of about 10 seconds so this ad to say that this was in my op it's a complete in 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 utter falsehood right so you know as long as you you reacted to it that's what matters you can't control you know you can't control your people you can only manage them that's exactly right. And if you, right. I mean, it is what it is. And finally, the the thing about Zappella um, with the uh, the woman who had the uh, miscarriage and about the uh, mistreatment of a corpse. Yes. Does, does that have context? Sure. I mean, what what happened was this woman was having, you know, in, Thanks, Kevin, by the way, in, in the throes of serious mental health um, issues. And she had a miscarriage and she didn't report the miscarriage timely. And she was arrested and charged with abuse of a corpse. She spent seven months in jail. Her lawyer described that prosecution as one of the most vicious prosecutions he's ever seen. Um, you know, the charges were ultimately dismissed, but only after this woman spent seven months in jail. And then she actually died shortly thereafter. So it was one of the most, you know, it, it was an abuse of, of, of prosecution, no doubt. Uh, let's go to Matt. Call your township. Matt, uh, what do you got for me? Hey, thanks, Paul. Uh, Matt, really appreciate you uh, coming on. You and I are probably on fairly opposite ends of the political spectrum, but i got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm hearing some things I like, and uh, I'm thinking about voting for you. So just had a couple quick questions. Uh one around um, illegal gun possession arrests. I know m- many DAs, particularly Krasner down in Philly, they're basically just confiscating the guns and letting these people walk. There's a great article in the Philadelphia Inquirer about lack of prosecution for illegal gun arrests. Are you going to prosecute those illegal uh, gun possession arrests? No. Then my next question. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I can I can I answer think... that just right now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So not only are sure. we going to arrest and prosecute, we're going to make that a priority as well right Right. and if you're a repeat offender um we're gonna have very little patience for that right um you know for young kids who get caught up with with guns and drugs we can create different um you know courts for that after arrest after prosecution we can have what's called emerging courts and these dockets exist across the country 
where we can, you know, connect kids to if they need education help, we can get them into education. If there's a job training possibility and we can look to our, you know, labor unions here to divide, you know, to, to, to provide potential apprenticeships, you know, there's opportunities that we can give kids as well. But no, we will absolutely make a priority to get illegal guns off the street. Great. I, I, I like it. So to that effect, one of the easiest ways to get those illegal guns off the streets is through secondary traffic stops. But yet the mayor and there are studies out there that show all of this, but yet the mayor in the city is refusing to have his police make these secondary traffic stops. Is there anything that you can do to, you know, uh, circumvent that or get the police to make those stops? Because as I said, the studies out there show that these secondary traffic stops are one of the easiest ways to get illegal guns off the street. And my last question for you, um, and then, I, then I'll, I'll hang up, is um, if you do win, will you continue to come back and talk to the people? Because I, I do enjoy the engagement and uh, just updating the people on what's going on. So I'll answer your, your, your last question first. Which is yes, yes. We're, we, you know, and, and that that's really what I've been talking about. That's lacking in the district attorney's office is that transparency, is that ability to you know, to 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 dialogue. And we're going to make big investments in in community engagement. We're going to be in you know communities, and not just the communities impacted by by criminal justice, right? We're gonna we know that you know mental health issues and substance abuse issues they 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 go all over the county. They don't discriminate in terms of age or gender or race or income level. And we know that different folks have different relationships with the criminal justice system. So, yes, you will hear from me while I'm district attorney, and you'll have the ability to interact as well. Um, with respect to your second question. So, yeah, city council passed that ordinance, making it more difficult for um, police to, to, to um, engage in traffic stops. And I know the police are frustrated by that. You know, we've heard a lot about, you know, the relationship between the current district attorney and the city of Pittsburgh. And that's one of the first things that we want to repair, right? One of the first things mm -hmm. that we want to repair. So if police are saying this is impacting their ability to do their job, I'm going to listen to that. And we're going to work with the mayor. We're going to work with city council to make sure that we're doing everything we can to, to keep Pittsburgh safe. And if that means going back and looking at that ordinance, then that's something that I'm absolutely willing to discuss, right? But what that requires is an ongoing dialogue with our leaders. We've seen in the press the last couple of weeks this back and forth between Steve Zappala and Ed Ganey and just the politic you know, just, you know, just these political lobs that he's throwing about public safety. Now he wants to take over the police department. But what we learned on KDK Radio this morning hmm. is that the chief of police has reached out to Steve Zappala several times. Steve's won't even return his phone call, won't even return the mayor's phone call to work. We are going to work with the deck. We are going to work with Chief Scarato. We're going to work with the mayor. We're going to work with the next county executive to make sure that this that, that this this region is as safe as it can possibly be. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a fair question to ask too. What if Joe Rocky wins? He's in the other party, quote unquote. Will you, you know, will you try and work with him, or will you want to? I'm. Mean, it seems like you guys would be two guys that could work together, right? I mean, I won't just try to work with him. Yeah. I would work with him. Right. Uh, let's go to Julie in Pittsburgh. Hi, Julie. Hi, guys. Um, in fact, you kind of broke me up, but, Paul, you're doing an excellent job. Matt, I do not know you other than your name, and I have two very important questions I have to ask you. Yourself, your partner in the office, the one that had that lovely display about police, I'm a line of duty officer's daughter that died. 
And I, when I saw that, I hit the ceiling because I will bet any amount of money that if anything happens, that person will be on the phone right away calling and screaming to get the police. I want help. I want Julie, help. I want Julie, help. he already addressed that. He already addressed okay. that. Yeah. So but what's your second question? question? Well, my question was, was she fired? No, she was not fired, um, but there was action taken. Okay, thank you. My next question is, is I just came up when they said about city council um, making that ordinance about secondary stops or broken windows or whatever you want to call it this week. Why do we not have someone advocating that these councils, political, no matter where they're at, go through a citizen's police academy, fire academy, whatever it is, to learn the basics. I'm not saying go through the whole thing. I want them in that virtual section. I want them to see that gun being held on them and then fired and see how they react. They do not understand what we have seen or what we have buried. What would you like to do with helping them understand? Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of folks who run for political office um, could probably use some some training <laughs> and some information yeah. on a whole bunch of areas. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 th- I think you make a good point. You know, criminal justice issues are, are really complex. And what we've talked about, you know, from the district attorney standpoint is, you know, we want to have a community advisory board when we start. So we want to bring in people. Um, you know, who have this lived experience, your, your, specifically your lived experience, folks who have, you know, uh, borne that loss, um, you know, and, and, and have experienced that pain. So, you know, when we're proposing new policies, when we're proposing new measures, we want to make sure that we have input from, from people from across the county so we have those different perspectives. And then once we go ahead and implement certain, certain policies, we want to continue that dialogue so we know that, you know, these, these changes are having their intended effect. So I think this, you know, constant dialogue, I'm never going to be able to have all experiences, you know, but mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we're having conversations with, with, with people who can bring really valuable perspective. Real quick, before we get to, um, just it's, a, it's an important question people, and she obviously was trying to get at it and leading, you know, led the, to the water but didn't actually drink. Your thoughts on cops. You support cops, I'm assuming. Oh, I've talked throughout this, number one, it's my time from a, a public defender. From the first day I walked into court to the last day I left as chief public defender, I understand the absolute importance of having good relationships with, with police officers. We need police in society, right? We need people who are brave enough and valiant enough to go out there and protect our safety every single day. All throughout this campaign, I have talked about how, as district attorney, I can be more of a resource to police. I've talked about the need to give police more resources and more support. And I've talked about how I can be an ally and a friend to to, to police departments across the county. Well, we uh, got a few more minutes with uh, Matt Dugan, so let's get right to the phones. Ted in Mount Washington. Hi, Ted. Hey, how you doing, Paul? Great show. Hey, real quick, uh, Matt, um, you mentioned um, rape. I'm glad you mentioned that. If you remember when Shapiro wasn't governor, he was a state attorney general. Yes. He had to come into Allegheny County and go after pedophile priests because Zapala didn't even touch him. I'm hoping to God you would take these crimes seriously and go after pedophile priests. We're going to take all crimes seriously. But, I mean, you know, sexual assault, uh, domestic par- partner violence, um, rape, these are about the most serious cases you can have as a district attorney. And we need to support those survivors as best we can, and, and I'm 100% committed to doing that. 
Also, did you see what Boston passed as far as um, going after the homeless? They passed uh, the city council passed ordinance to ban tents, find a person twenty five dollars, find them shelter, and have the city to track uh, track shelter space on a daily basis. Would you consider at least talking to the mayor and city council of doing something when it comes to homelessness and also the tents we have around us? Yeah, I think there's an opportunity to have a, have a discussion with the mayor and the next county executive to to find a way where we can better serve our our homeless people, right? We're not going to prosecute our way out out of a homelessness crisis, right? But there are low-level crimes that are being committed on a daily basis. First and foremost, you know, we have high-level crimes that are being committed for folks taking advantage of of of, of the homeless folks, right? Mm-hmm. We've got open-air drug transactions, we have op- open-air drug use. We've got to prosecute for that. We can prosecute our way out of those issues. But, you know, is there a space in the criminal justice field to, to get people connected to services, to mental health treatment, housing services? Yeah, I think there is. And that, that, that is a, a conversation worthy of having with the next county executive and the mayor. I hope so, because the homeless situation is getting out of hand. At least Boston, they're showing some courage in, in tackling the problem. Because, uh, you know, even the businesses downtown are just afraid. You know, it scares business downtown when you constantly have a homeless problem. And also, you see tents all over the place. Yeah, something I, has to be done. Yeah, I can't. I'm not familiar with what's going on in Boston, but I promise you, I'll look up on it. Yeah, no. I mean, I think the big thing is, you know, and you've said this consistently. And this is another. Wow, well, you know, Soros back DAs. You know, they're going. They allow open air drug markets. I want you to say that one more time about your thoughts on open air drug markets. We stood in in the center of Market Square, the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, and you know, as part of our public safety plan, we said we will target, we will, we it will be targeted enforcement of open air drug transactions and open air needle use of of of, of narcotics. So yeah, we're going to prosecute for that. We can't have that. We, you know, I said yeah. this last time, which is downtown Pittsburgh is is it actually is different than most regions. It's an economic driver. It's it's you know it's a bounty for the the city, the county, the region. We don't accept this type of behavior anywhere else in the county. Downtown Pittsburgh should be no different. Uh, let's go to Carl in downtown. Carl, your our last question for for Matt. Gentlemen, I find it interesting how over the weekend uh, there was a, an unruly Steeler fan that waved a towel. I don't know if it was a terrible towel, whatever, was uh, uh, dismissed from the Accusure, re, uh, re-entered, and was arrested and detained. And yet in your previous block, you mentioned uh, a man who's exposed himself 20-some times that we somehow can't keep behind bars. This is a broken system. It's an absolute broken system. And you know what? Getting along with the police, with all due respect, Matt, getting along with the police and having community uh, support, or it, it, you have to police, period, end of sentence. Begin with the loitering, get the people off the streets downtown that don't belong there. Because I'm telling you, in my world, people don't go to anymore. They just don't do it. They will take their business elsewhere. And it's a shame because we have a downtown that is unlike any other downtown. In, in, in anywhere in this country, and I've been to all of them and continue to go to all of them, but we're going to hell quickly if we don't get this thing fixed. So, yeah, those disparate yes. bond, you know, decisions, yeah. that's why That's why it's imperative that the DA show up to court. Right. That's right. why, you know, as soon as as soon as soon cuffs hit somebody's wrist, it's a district attorney's job to prosecute that case, right? No. So, I mean, we, we need we need to, we just need to show up. We need a district attorney who understands and accepts the responsibilities that come along with being the chief law enforcement officer. And that means showing up, showing up for downtown, showing up for folks across the county. We will be in court. We will be advocating for that, you know, 20 arrest guy. 
you know, to be to be held without bond. And when we see, you know, silly stuff about twirling towels, we can we can make better decisions there, too. Right. <laughs> well, I, I, Matt, I really appreciate it. I know you're really busy. You're one week away. Uh, and, um, you know, I wish you all the luck. And uh, again, you know, win or lose, hopefully you'll come back and uh, and spend time with us here because uh, we, we enjoy talking to you. Once we win, we will be back, right? right? And it's important. It's important that folks have this uh, interaction with, with our elected officials, and I promise that I will make that a priority in my administration.